0: Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. time it is every time you hear the beat drop on your weekday mornings it is southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee phone and joint i'm chris Yao, along with maurice Patton, jp plant on the controls it's gonna be a great day of high school athletics we've got all kinds of great stuff going on golf state tournaments volleyball soccer all kinds of fantastic high school athletics to talk about. Before we do that, though, Mo, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, I'll tell you, it's been a good day. I, I've I've had a woke up this morning, walking outside to get in the car, and uh, a young lady who was, I guess, going on her morning run was listening to "Lose Yourself." Uh, on speakerphone, like not in her headphone. She just had it just playing. So I'm, I'm walking down the stairs and, you know, my knees were weak and palms were <laughs> sweaty and everything. It's crazy. Mom's spaghetti, huh? <laughs> it, it, but that being said, I get, get to the office, to the, to the studio this morning, and JP rolls in bearing gifts of Jack's sausage biscuits. And boy, I tell you. There's not not much like a Jack sausage biscuit in the morning. Well, I tell you, I've not had my Jack sausage biscuit yet.
1: However, I have had Hardys? the the Hardie's sausage biscuit that um, Coach James Dickinson just barely beat JP in the door with, bearing gifts as well. So they must really like us.
2: It's an arms race. <laughs> Or well, biscuit race. Well, biscuit race. I, I tell you what. In in
1: Chris's mind, you are definitely winning it right oh, now. There's no question. My wife hates you though,
3: for bringing <laughs> me these.
2: Well, there's probably is there one left. There's two as of left. right now. Oh, there's, there's two, two left. left. See, Mo can have one. You can take home. She'll take be Take one so home excited. to your lovely wife. He, at,
1: by the time you get home, you think she'll still be excited
0: about a sausage oh,
2: biscuit this might, morning?
0: Look, it's from Jack. So probably oh, okay. just because it's you know. Okay. It's it's you always want what you can't have, right? Story of my life. Right. <laughs> oh, well, let's uh let, let's let's jump into some high school sports. What do you say? Uh, let's
1: do. And let's see if anybody else wants to join us. Feel free to give us a call on the hotline at 931-381-1017 if you want to talk about some high school sports or Whatever else you want to talk about.
0: Yeah, uh, Clayton actually took the phone with him when he left. (laughs) He unplugged it and just, like, left the studio with
1: it. I think it would be hilarious if if the phone walked out and all of a sudden somebody just called
0: in on it. Hey, can you put me on? Uh, I'm actually outside right now. (laughs) (laughs) Or worse. (laughs) Well, I could, but I just left and I'm at the courthouse, so... (laughs) <laughs> no and, and I've got the
3: phone.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well we'll patch you right in. Hang on. Um no so yesterday we had several local teams take part in their district volleyball tournaments mm-hmm. and a couple of a couple of big wins. Yeah, yeah. Um particularly
1: Hampshire. The number six seed in eleven A. Goes on the road. Well, the tournament was being played at Collinwood, right. but they take on the host Lady Trojans, down there in the um, quarterfinals. Host third-seeded Collinwood, and get a um, a four-set victory there. So big win for uh for Hampshire. Their reward is taking on second-seed Loretto in today's semifinals.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, it is. But could be you know, worse, I guess. It, you,
1: yeah, it could be worse. You could be Lewis County who knocked off Mount Pleasant in yesterday's quarterfinals
0: and will um now have to play Summertown. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's again, it could be worse. So Hampshire does get the opportunity, however, to advance to the finals. They'll play that semifinal matchup and that's today. That is today. So both that's semifinal- at Collinwood. That's
1: at, back at Collinwood, yes. Yeah, so both semifinals and the championship games will be today at Collinwood, um, five, six, and seven down there.
0: Another winner yesterday, Independence. Mm-hmm. They moved on with a win over Franklin. Straight in, set. Victory. In three sets, yeah. yeah. And their reward is – They get to Miami play – Brentwood. They get to play regular
1: season champion Brentwood, so – Eh, but know. um, you know um, Coach Grant Hallford, I, I reached out to him to try to get some results, and and his his quote was, "We played surprisingly well." So <laughs> con- congratulations to the Lady Eagles on their win over Franklin in the quarterfinals in um in the District 12 AAA
0: tournament, which is going on this week at Ravenwood. That's right, and Ravenwood Centennial played yesterday. I'm not sure if we have results for that, but the winner of that match, whomever it was, will mm-hmm. play number two seed Summit today. Right. And again that that tournament is at Ravenwood. Correct. So if you want to see independence against Brentwood and Summit versus either Ravenwood or Centennial, you can do that this evening at Ravenwood. And um I which am is trying, in Brentwood and yeah
1: East <laughs> East Brentwood yeah East Brentwood. <laughs> East Brentwood
0: is that I, different
1: Well I had somebody tell me that they lived in West Franklin at one point uh has been a pretty good while ago but you know as as a Franklin native I've never heard any portion of Franklin referred to by compass points.
0: So <laughs> it was directional schools west. You know it, it
1: it was a Christ, it was a Christmas party I was at, and somebody oh. introduced me to someone, and I was saying I was from Franklin, and I'm like, and they're like, oh, I live in West Franklin, and and it was is one that of a other, whole another town? It, yeah, it was one of those spit take moments, man. I mean, I felt bad afterwards, but it's like. Like I said, I've lived here all my life, and I've never heard anybody refer to
0: Franklin's pretty big now, though, so now I guess it ain't kinda that big. To, you kinda have to you kind of have to decide which part of franklin you live live well, in.
1: here's the thing though if somebody says they live in West Franklin, they mean West Haven,
0: gotcha, yeah. that makes sense, yeah, yeah and they just and their kids go and, to Indy. and they just don't wanna say it hey, <laughs> wouldn't be mad about it, but yeah, so independence. Plays Brentwood today. Summit winner. Summit versus the winner of Ravenwood Centennial.
1: And that championship is tomorrow back at Ravenwood. That's what I was trying to figure out. Yes. Whether they were playing it all in one day, but they are not. Um, yeah. They're coming back for the finals tomorrow.
0: Typically, the semifinals and finals are played the same day, but it, it, it varies. Yeah. I mean, you, I guess when you're talking about Indy, Brentwood, Summit Ravenwood Centennial, it's not like it's that far of a drive. It's not like driving from Hampshire to. To Collinwood. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a difference there. I mean, it's a little, it's a ride down the street. It's not, you know, across a couple counties. Oh, over
1: the river and through the woods. Yeah, yeah. to
0: grandmother's house and back. So yeah. anyway, also, unfortunately, yesterday, Kalioka uh, fell in straight sets to Eagle in the District 6A tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was played at Community over in Unionville. Yep. If you know where that is, then congratulations. Just passed through there late Friday night on my way back from Winchester. I bet you did. did. Um. And so the Lady Warriors are eliminated from postseason play. Yesterday, when talking, speaking of volleyball here, Maurice and I took a. Drive, and it's a drive. Speaking of over and river and through, the yeah, woods, it's it's yeah. a drive from Columbia to Nolensville. Uh, we we took in the defending, double A state champion, Nolensville Lady Knights taking on Spring Hill, and coming off of a come from behind five set win over the weekend, Spring Hill over Marshall County on Saturday, the Lady Raiders could not get it done falling 25-12, 25-7, and 25-11 to, the, again, the defending state champion. So, no shame necessarily in that loss, especially considering the fact that she was missing her two... Her two six-footers, yeah, as, as, as she, she calls them. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Naomi Nogler, a transfer in from Florida as a sophomore and freshman April, April Park were both out of action, um, both for Saturday's win and for yesterday's loss. And those are um, Sarah Derryberry's two six-footers, as she mentioned. And I think there was a fall break issue with those two. And so right. they were not there. To Sarah's credit, she said she didn't know if it would have made any difference. And she's probably right.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about... Again, defending state champion, Nolansville who just they they play the game a at a different level than really most. Do. Literally, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's really impressive to watch them play, and their their ability to find weak spots and exploit that is just really really good. One of the the spots they could not exploit yesterday was Cat Carter, the libero for Spring Hill, a great ball player and a senior. Uh, who goes out in the district tournament. however, she's had a great career. I've watched her the last couple of years and she's been a really great libero for that team and uh, just want to give a, a quick shout out to her and she got some lovely parting gifts though she was named both all district and all district tournament. That's right. She is a like I said very good ball player and uh, de- deserves every accolade that that she receives.
1: Um, Also earning all-district honors for Spring Hill this season was... um, One of the six-footers. Yeah, Naomi Nogler. And then um, Kaylee Jefferson was named all-tournament along with Kat. So congratulations to those three Lady Raiders.
0: Yeah, the positive for Sarah Derryberry and the Lady Raiders is she she does have several really good players coming back, including Nogler, the all-district player. Uh, Jefferson all-tournament pick, and then the Freshman Park is coming back. All of that information and more is available on our website, sm-tnsports.com. There's a great story Mo had uh, posted last night with the results of all of those volleyball matchups as well as a full story on the Spring Hill-Nolensville game. Just after the end of the show, there will be a full photo gallery as well may get that up during a break or something. I'm not sure <laughs> all the stuff's there. I just haven't posted it as a story yet. So plenty of information, uh, there on SM tnsportscom Just a quick reminder. When we come back, um, on the other side of a quick break, we're going to talk to Joe Williams from the Williamson Herald. He, and he, or, uh, Charles, Pulliam Pulliam Mm -hmm. will join us each Tuesday from the Williamson Herald, and we uh, appreciate their help talking a little bit of Williamson County football. So we'll have that. And then, of course, in segment three, we'll talk about the AP Top 10 tonight's schedule, and we have a special golf report. Bulletin. Yeah. (laughs) All that and more. We come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. back into another beautiful day here in Columbia, Tennessee. It is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It's only taken me about three weeks to not say Sports Night, which was the former name of this show when it was a podcast. So I'm very glad to... Airing in the middle of the day. (laughs) Airing in the middle of the day. It was Sports Night at noon. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) we are glad to be here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today bringing you all of the local high school sports news as well as other not-so-well-covered sports in the area. Uh, we, We try to do our best to reach into those places that are left barren by larger media outlets in the area. So... Anyway, anyway, one of the things that we like to do is talk about Williamson County football. When we get a chance to do that on Tuesdays, we like to bring in the experts. Mm-hmm. And we did that last week. This week, we just have Joe. <laughs> Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald is on the line and we appreciate him joining <laughs> us. Joe, how's it going?
4: I think he might have just know, hung up on us. Fun, fun, no, funny. I was thinking of saying, thank you, are an expert. What's the crack calling me for? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I got excited by the last commercial about the local garbage guy. I'm a, I'm a garbage man at heart. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're just r- wait till you need a pole barn. Trust me,
1: we got a guy. We we get we know a guy. Yeah, I hear you. Hey Joe, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Contrary to Chris, um, I guess is that it, Becky's phone ringing? No, it's not Becky's phone ringing. Not yet. No, not Becky's
4: phone. That's Her, right. Hers died yesterday. Oh my! We should have take. a moment of silence. Moment of, for of Becky's silence Becky's phone. for Becky's phone. Yeah. Do we? Do we need to do that? you need you need a moment of silence for me <laughs>
3: you're Uh-oh.
0: getting a moment of silence you're getting 24 hours of it becky's phone's not
4: ringing no, her phone's no, that's not ringing it. but no. that, yeah that's the problem that, yeah exactly no, that's, no, that's I, the problem no, let's yeah. not go there god love her becky's my wife by the way <laughs> um, stop it, it's, it. Al- it's i have a contract it's legal um <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: Man,
4: Joe, with fall break,
1: it looks like Summit Franklin County is the the only game in town for you guys this weekend.
4: Is that is that accurate? Well, you know, every week for the Herald, I put together a uh, a, a weekly schedule of sports. You know, this week's prep schedule, and, and this week I turned it in. This is very simply: this week's prep schedule is one line. Who knows? <laughs>
1: um, Man, it's been at,
4: tough. At the moment, that's accurate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but, you know, don't know what tomorrow going to bring. Yeah. Yeah. And literally,
4: if you're going to pick up
0: a game, this is the week to do it in football because everybody's wow. open.
4: Well, everybody's open, but whether or not they're going to be allowed to play becomes a second question. You're That's right. you
1: right. You're right. Um, the last week or so has been kind of tumultuous along those lines in Williamson County. Kind of walk us through.
4: From, from a bird's eye view, what's, what's going on up there? And I, I think the, the biggest issue going on in Williamson County right now is uh, some of the things that are happening with uh, obviously with COVID. You've got a situation where, you know, last week you lost three games and four teams, and Independence Brentwood had to cancel. You had um, Page and Summit had to cancel. Nolensville, I think, was headed for Tullahoma. They had to cancel. Um, Yeah, it it was. It was really kind of a a scary week because you just you just have this feeling in Williamson County right now that we're we're kind of waiting on the next shoe to fall for more schools. Page, Nolensville, and Independence. Maybe it's Page and Independence are on. uh, There's three of them who are. an extended fall break if you will they'll go mm. back next week yeah um it, it's you know it's a craziest thing uh, the the county mayor spoke last night at uh, the county commission meeting and, and talked about 121 new positive cases in three days is this the second wave coming is this a new complacency um you know you you hear some real horror stories i'll say maybe that's not you hear stories about how uh, some folks are are handling, um, I'll call it a lack of social distancing and, and a, a lack of precaution, and suddenly there's there's large numbers of positive cases. Yeah. The yeah. other thing that's yeah. in Washington County right now, and and I, I talked to some friends uh, who you know basically. I guess a prime example would, would be you know, kind of an independence where I think we'll find out today how many cases are there. But what happens is uh, once there's a positive case, they go back to contact tracing. It's very easy if you've got one, one student who tests positive, takes classes a day, and there's five kids that sit around them. So that one positive case now has forty students who are out on contact tracing. You only need what, five, six, and suddenly you have to two two hundred and fifty kids in a school uh, that are that are sitting down at home on the contact trace. Yeah, that that number gets pretty big pretty quick
1: under, you know, under those protocols, I guess. Um and, and what we have found down here, Joe, is that it's typically contact tracing that, that impacts athletes, and, and so coaches are tend, and, and athletic parents are getting really frustrated because they're not actually experiencing positive cases within their teams, but they are having to miss contests as a result of contact
4: tracing. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I find it awfully prophetic. I had, uh, I had spoken with Junior Colson after their Ravenwoods went over uh, Blackman earlier in the year when, when the kids were still out. I said, Well, are you going back to class next week? He said, No, sir. He said, I am, I am going to uh, do the online at home. I am trying to avoid people as much as possible. <laughs>
0: and And that's absolutely what i've I've been saying that since day one if there's any any way possible to do remote learning as an athlete, you should be doing remote learning as an athlete exactly just to keep from being in that contact tracing situation and I know yesterday we heard at the Nolansville volleyball tournament that Williamson County Schools is. Remaining or or is now back under at least a mask mandate. They're requiring masks from all spectators during events, especially those indoors. So uh, I mean, is this something that's going to continue? And and hopefully, we get through the winter sports. I I, I hope so.
4: Uh, you know, I hate to be, you know, nervous, hmm <laughs> but I have I have some real concerns about basketball season and I, I and Maurice we've talked about it just briefly a couple of times how in the world are we ever going to be wrestling
0: I just don't I don't I don't see it <laughs> I just don't
1: that hurts my heart to hear but I have to agree with you I mean wrestling it, it meets all of the
0: the no-nos the,
1: yeah I mean the extended contact and and
0: you can't wear a mask.
1: No, you really can't. So it's no. it's it's
0: it's gonna it's going to be Libres.
1: challenging to. <laughs> it's
0: going to be lucha libre <laughs> wrestling this year. We all wear masks. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: it's going to be a challenge. Wrestling is, and and basketball maybe as well. I mean, not to the same degree, obviously, just because you don't have that close contact for that extended period of time, but there's a
0: lot of contact. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's going to well, be tough. The
4: The other thing is you don't, you know, you're, 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 yeah, you're much, li- much more likely to uh, come in and, in, in direct physical contact. I.E. there aren't any pads in basketball, mm-hmm. Right. you know, and that's in my day, that was one of the rules. You know, nobody crosses the lane without getting hit. yeah you know without getting bumped or pushed or something
1: yeah those folks that tell you that basketball is not a contact sport they've not watched very closely recently
4: yeah they've never played that's for
3: sure (laughs) (laughs) so
0: of the teams that that williamson county has had you mentioned page will be on an extended break fairview just came off of a bro a break and played a couple of games well any chance they're playing this week or maybe picking up an
4: opponent? I haven't heard. Uh, the fall break, I think, has given everybody a chance to go, let's take a deep breath. Uh, I mean, I know what the schedule says, but I, I'm not sure. I Again, that's today. That was Friday. Sure. Today may be different. Because remember now, not only is it the, the Williamson County schools, but now you've got their opponents that you got to look at.
0: That's right. All right.
4: You know, the thing that gets me is, and, and we made great discussion this early, but at the first of the year when were, we were all putting together our, our preseason packages, uh, you guys know as well as I do, every coach we talked to said, if we can get to week four or week five, we're going to be real happy. You know, we made it to week, what, seven?
0: Uh, eight at this point.
1: Yeah. This is yeah. week eight. Well, this is eight, yeah, if we can okay. get these played, so – but, uh, um, and, and some,
4: some of them are still playing you're right yeah i think uh, i think the playoffs are going to be um very interesting i think I, I honestly believe i know this sounds nuts this sounds crazy go ahead and tell me how nuts. <clears I mean. throat> but they're probably some of the uh, top teams and i'll use a Maribel, oakland uh, potentially a Brentwood if they can overcome. I don't know how many they had out last week when, when Oakland rolled over them. Uh but some of our some of our private schools who if they make the playoffs will create a bubble of some kind.
0: Oh absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, and I don't I don't understand why this isn't already happening. Again, remote learning if possible. What I I have I have often wondered why and I know that there are certain things that that can't be done but why you can't put students in one classroom and have the teachers come to them instead of them going to the teachers um and and try to eliminate as much movement as possible within the school but neither here nor there it it's I do think there's a bubble coming of some sort especially like you said for those top teams who who would normally be four or five weeks into the playoffs. Because if you take that chance and you have to miss that second-round game, you're done. You're done.
4: Yeah. Well, like I said, how would you like to be the folks in Cookville right now? Oof. Talk about pins and needles. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cookville Chamber's sitting up there with, with the their biggest event of the year, and they do it well. Let me tell you, they, they really do do it well. And they but, they do a fantastic job. Yeah, I mean you got to take your hat off to them. But uh, so what happens if the week before? Hmm. Let's uh, let's just pull names. Let's say we get to a, a an oakland mariville Class Six A championship game.
1: Well, now first off, you can't get to that because they're both in the, in the right. same region. Thanks. So let's say we
4: get to say we get to a Brentwood-Oakland state championship game, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Oakland comes up and says. We can't play. We don't have enough kids. So do you does does maryville who who lost in the semifinals on that side, get to come in and play that game? Or do you just say, Okay, it's a four fit? Brentwood gets the title.
1: Final score, Brentwood won Oakland nothing. Lowest yeah. score
0: in championship game history. Oh good lord. And, and think it.
1: The sad thing is, I mean, it it's completely within the realm of possibility right now. I'm just thinking
4: about the financial impact of that. On yeah.
1: top of everything on on top of not having your boys or your girls division one basketball tournaments yes. last last spring. Or yeah. not having yeah. the girls in its in, in its entirety anyway. And on you know, top it,
0: of that, you can't you've got to somehow limit capacity once you get to that level. Yeah. The five a six a. I mean, you can't and you can't have you know, you're gonna have to get everybody out of the stadium before you let somebody else in. You know, for teams, if whatever game you're there for, it's just gonna be a a mess.
4: And the cleaning that'll have to be taken that'll have to be taken. Goodness off. gracious! In
1: between games. Yeah, and and not just the stadium, but the stadium, the locker rooms, the whole nine yards. Yeah. It's it's and- it's gonna be a logistical nightmare if we get to that point.
4: And th- just think about the press tent, if you will. I, I was thinking about oh, yeah. that uh, the other day. You know, they're going to have to expand that thing about three times to get any kind of social distancing or limit access dramatically.
1: Make certain people go to the press box. Take the 86-step <laughs> challenge.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, no,
1: <laughs> I, I, I got a few nominees.
4: No. Um, I don't
1: know. We are with mm-hmm. Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald talking about a little football and a little mm-hmm. COVID impact and a little Williamson County. Um, Joe, I I'm, I don't think you got to that Oakland-Brentwood game Friday night, but what were your impressions of that 37 nothing decision? And, you know, what have you heard
4: out of Ron Crawford in the aftermath? Well, you know, Heads off, you know. Hats off to to Coach Crawford for scheduling the thing. I don't know many many people who want to play the the one team in the state, you know, on three days of of prep. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, my my and I haven't talked to Coach Crawford. My my biggest question right now is just how many kids he had missing, Hmm. if any. Um, I I think it was a great gut check, if you will, Mm -hmm. for the Bruins. I think it's a great way for them to go, okay, where are we? Oh, we're not where we thought we were. Or maybe they did and the rest of us didn't. We we all thought that was going to be one tight football game. And and I guess
1: my takeaway, Joe, is I'm not sure that that was on Brentwood so much as Oakland may just be that dang good.
0: That's kind of what I'm wondering. Well, as as Maurice and I were talking, uh, maybe yesterday the day before, uh, it had to be yesterday, you know, when you talk about the wing tee offense, it's a difficult offense to stop when you just have regular athletes. But when you've got the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and Joe's, it, it's almost impossible.
4: Well, not only that, but let's see. You know, Brentwood sees that wing tee offense out of – it's out of its region in Williamson County. How many times a year? Zero. None. None.
0: <laughs> and they were None? already preparing for Jackson Campbell. Yeah. Not for. <laughs> not for the wing tee.
4: You know they're yeah they're expecting more of a of a West Coast spread, uh, you know, and instead they get running down your throat.
1: And and the thing about it is, meanwhile, he, because you, you want to say, well, both teams had short prep. Oakland's not preparing for Brentwood and and again that's no disrespect to Brentwood Oakland's taking that tack that we're going to do what we do yes and and that's that's kind of the advantage that they have both schematically and just from a mental standpoint this is what we're going to do and either they stop it or they don't and you know, seven times this year, they've not nobody stopped it. Again, nobody the, thir- stopped it.
0: the 37 is not shocking to me. It's the zero that's most shocking. That's a good point. That Brentwood could not put together a single scoring drive against the Patriots is just out there for me. And, and I, I don't even know what to say. And I, and
1: I think maybe that kind of goes back to Joe's initial concern. We don't really know who Brentwood did or didn't have available for that game either. Right.
4: And part of it could be Mo. You could have been right too. They it may be the perfect storm. Oakland's just that good on defense too. That could be. It's not like look. It's not like a lot of people have put up have been putting numbers up on that board against them anyway. That's the point.
1: I mean, even I think I think Stewart's Creek played them as close as anybody, and that was another late add to the schedule for both those teams. But Oakland's been doing this i mean it's it's not like it's anything new so um uh, again hats off to ron crawford and the brentwood bruins for scheduling the game on short notice i think it was a game that you you kind of hated to see during covid because can you imagine how many tickets i could have sold to this
4: oh well, you know i i go back to the brentwood academy brentwood game you mm-hmm. <clears throat> know we we talked to uh several folks up there and as they told us you know the the last time they played in 02 was the single largest gate in the history of Brentwood High School football. And that's when tickets were five bucks apiece. And why would you not play that game every year? Imagine what that gate would have been this year. Yeah. You know, and, it's and a the reason. You know, and why do you not? You know as well as I do why they don't play that game. Well, every yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Right. I asked
4: Coach Crawford about that. He said, "If they'll play us here every year, we'll play."
0: <laughs> well, and that's not a that's to me that's not a big ask, considering. Well, when you consider Brentwood Academy Stadium,
1: because they've only got seating on one side. Correct.
3: Yeah.
0: So, and that's again, that's not a big ask if you if you're asking me. But nobody's asking me. Nobody's Joe. asking you. No. Nobody yeah. in Williamson County cares what I think.
4: Oh, I disagree. I think there's probably two or
0: three. <laughs> my wife is in Williamson County. See, so one. <laughs> she might care, but Joe, as always a pleasure speaking with you on topics that have everything and nothing to do with high school sports.
4: Yeah. Like oh, Becky's one, phone. One quick note for you. Uh, Shout out to Coach Greg Glass over at Summit. Uh he did get back with me and the Lady Spartans will be playing Ravenwood in volleyball. Okay. So Ravenwood, Ravenwood was winner.
1: So Ravenwood yeah. defeated Centennial in last night's quarterfinal round. So, yes. so it'll be Summit and Ravenwood and it'll be Independence and Brentwood. So North North of North and
4: South should be fun. Yeah. Okay. Can you yeah, and, and you know, it's if Brentwood's healthy,
3: hmm.
4: yeah, I mean there's a reason they're a seven time champ. Uh shout out have, have not heard understand that Coach Barbara Campbell is improving every day. Great. Okay. That's
0: great news. And then,
4: yeah, that's it, that's really good news. And I gotta tell you, with with the talent on that Brentwood team with that with their normal motivation, but you add the fact that Coach Campbell's not feeling well hmm. to that, I mean I would, I would hate to be in their way right now.
0: Yeah. No question. Yeah.
4: It's probably not, probably not a good place to be.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Once again, Joe Williams, Williamson, Harold, Joe, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate you every, every time you get a chance to get on. We we really thank you for what you do for high school sports and for this program.
4: Listen, I appreciate what you guys are doing. You guys have got uh, a lot of courage and, and God knows you're, uh, you're awfully good at what you do and- Next week, the expert will be back. Charles Cooling will be back on vacation.
0: So. Well, he, he's in Navarre Beach right now, so we're mad at him anyway. <laughs> I don't blame you.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, gentlemen, gentlemen th- thank you.
0: Thank you, sir. We'll catch up with you. <laughs> Bye. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the AP Top 10. It was just released uh, yesterday. Tonight's high school sports schedule, and Claudette Runk will be teeing off at the state golf tournament in just a few minutes. We'll. Let you know a little bit about what she's got going on and probably a little update as to where she stands among those who have already teed off. So we'll be back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit (laughs) covenanttechnology.net. Back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, along with Maurice Patton. We'd love for you guys to interact with us at sm underscore tn sports on Twitter. It's also at sm underscore tn sports on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find us by searching Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Of course, all of that information is on our website sm dash tnsports.com. Very clever, Southern Middle dash TN Tennessee, and then sports. You know, it took us. It took a long time sitting outside of a Starbucks to come up with that. By the way, it took
1: a lot longer than it should have. To be to be honest,
0: we were really working to not get the MTN together. You get, you know, you don't want mountain
1: mountain.
2: No. Yeah, there's already a Mountain West Conference, uh, Mountain TN, yeah. Yeah, It's there's a lot of letters in there.
1: There are a lot of letters in Anytime there. Anytime you
2: start doing um, geography and uh, directional sports networks.
0: You should have seen the, the original was so mid-10 sports, so, so mid-10. Yeah.
2: Didn't well, uh, roll off the tongue?
0: Didn't just, didn't really. Well, I mean,
1: you could have done Southern Tennessee. You couldn't do Middle Tennessee because that would have been a little...
0: I don't care about Portland. <laughs> they're too far away. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't care about covering Portland Not athletics, yet. and they're in Middle Tennessee, in, so in, therefore,
1: in, in, inevitably, we're going to hear from somebody from Portland yeah. on that. And hey, that's okay. That's I'm just good.
0: saying I I don't care about going to Portland to cover any athletics if. I don't have to. <laughs> you would have when Corey Brewer was there. Okay, yeah, you're right. But <laughs> nonetheless, it, it, so, so mid 10 did not work out, but sm tn sports.com. We think works it works. Out. We think it works. And it makes our logo look really cool. It is a pretty dang cool logo. So, anyway. shout out to Chris Yow for for the logo. It wasn't me. It just happened to work out perfectly. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. Hey, It is nine minutes until the top of the hour, which means one minute ago, Summit golfer Claudette Runk was scheduled to tee off. I'm not going to say she did because I didn't see it. But she was scheduled to tee off. And currently, at the TWSAA Large School Girls Tournament, Lynn Lim from Station Camp is tops on the leaderboard after two hole or after two holes she is two under par so ooh, yeah that's pretty good day that's an interesting trend (laughs) it's a pretty good day (laughs) um so yeah she was in the first group there apparently she is among the oh i'm sorry no after the first hole she's two she was she eagled a par four (laughs) <laughs> Eagled a par four, Lynn Lim, out of station camp. Can we get a little golf clap for her? <laughs> because, wow. Talk,
1: okay. Talk about announcing your presence with authority. Goodness <laughs> okay. gracious.
0: Anyway, so Claudette Runk, full story on her pathway to the state tournament and her sibling rivalry with brother Alex on our website make sure to check that out cuz it's a gr- it's a really cool story.
1: I got to go back to Miss Lim here for a second right? though because that kind of um that shoots that drive for show put for dough all in the head, doesn't it? I
0: mean, hey, if we were talking about yesterday, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> if you can get to the green in one, get to the green in one. There
3: you go. Goodness He's a publicist's
0: dream. I'm just saying she might be a publicist dream. She might be. Goodness gracious. Uh, so, yeah, Claudette Runk will tee off at 950. She is playing the back nine, mm-hmm. whereas some are playing the front nine. I think that's unique and weird, but okay. Uh, she is playing in a group with Lauren Baker from Brad- Bradley Central, Maya Hira from Bearden, and Emma Rochelle from Lawrence County. So, Lawrenceburg represent.
2: By the way, uh, that is the daughter of uh, famed Lawrence County golfer Corey Rochelle. You may remember back in the nineties, uh, mm-hmm. was uh, a state uh, contender and uh, has set many uh, records at uh, the Lawrenceburg Golf and Country Club.
0: I do not remember any of that. JP. Yeah, that was before I, your
2: time. <laughs> I do. Yeah, Mo knows what. Right. Mo's on the same page.
3: Oh, yeah. um,
0: anyway, so. That is what's going on and we'll 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 get you a little update in the second hour in that last segment about how Claudette is finishing this morning. In addition to that, we have some girls soccer district tournaments happening tonight. at Richland, East Hickman and Richland take to the pitch at 5 p.m. Following that will be Kolioka and Hickman County scheduled for 7 p.m.
1: 7 p.m. first touch, right?
0: First touch at 7 p.m. He's that's learning, what? Mo. He's no, learning. No, no, I'm learning. He he actually <laughs> taught me that one.
1: <laughs> and
0: at 7 p.m. at Spring Hill, Shovelville Central travels to Spring Hill for a regular season yeah, match. Yeah, that's their that's Spring Hill's regular season finale. Also at 7, Summit travels to Page, and then War- uh, Independence hosts Warren County. You know any volleyball? we got volleyball coming up tonight, too, we as do well. We have
1: volleyball coming up as well. Um,
0: and I'm trying to locate it on well, my handy-dandy. You got it? Yes. Go ahead. District 6A <laughs> tournament at Community, we mentioned earlier, that championship matches at 6 p.m., the District 11A Tournament at Hickman County Semifinal, Santa Fe versus TBA. Um, Actually, no. That's District
1: 10, but it's not till Thursday. It's the, the district that Santa Fe is in. Gotcha. Okay. District 11 Tournament Semifinals at Collinwood. You've got Hampshire and Loretto at 5. You've got Lewis County and Summertown at 6. And then the championship is at 7 at Collinwood. And then in District 12 AAA at Ravenwood, as we mentioned in the last segment, um, Independence plays Brentwood at 5, and Summit plays Host Ravenwood at 7. That championship game
0: will be tomorrow at 5 at Ravenwood. There you go. That is tonight's schedule. Talk about the AP Top 10 real quick, as we didn't have any changes from last week. And – we have one local team ranked in the top ten. We do. Summit is still ranked at number five in the state in Class 5A.
1: Again, despite not playing last week, their um, game with Paige postponed slash canceled. Yeah, most likely for, canceled. For for COVID reasons, they will travel Friday to Franklin County in in what's suddenly a pretty big Region 5-5A game as Franklin County comes off that 15-11 win over Columbia Central in Winchester last Friday. We're going to visit again with Will Rabb later in the week to kind of talk about that Summit-Franklin County game. Yeah, Who's uh, who's number one in five? Is it still Knoxville Central? Uh, no, it's Knoxville West. Knoxville West, I'm sorry. Yeah, Central fell to three a couple of weeks ago after they got beat, I think, by West. So it's West, Powell, Central, Beach at four, and Summit at five. In fact, there were no changes in the top ten at all in 5A from last week
0: to this week. Wow. Well, I I have to expect that that Summit Beach is a a game that lots of folks are hoping they will see in the playoffs at some point because last year we did not get to see it. We did not get to and see Summit it. and Beaches Summit has never beaten Beach. They Beach is eliminated from the playoffs. Two of the last three years, they beat them in the quarterfinals two, three years ago, and in the first first round, first round two years ago. In, at Summit, wasn't it? it I, I, I don't think so. It, I'm not sure. All I know is it was an overtime game. Okay.
1: All right. So, one of was, those games was at Summit. Maybe it was the first one. The quarterfinal,
0: quarterfinal. game was yeah. at Summit. I yeah. remember that. Okay. Anyway, we've got second hour. We've got Bruno Reagan who's going to join us and talk about a lot of different things. Yeah. We've, XFL yeah. He, he, and... He's a wealth of knowledge. He is a wealth of knowledge. So we're going to talk to him in our second segment in the 10 o'clock hour. Right after this break, we're going to talk about our favorite pro sport, Braves baseball. Also, we've heard the Titans have, um, have had their second day in a row of COVID testing. So we'll see how that went. And then, of course, it's Top 5 Tuesday. Today it's Top 5 fast food restaurants. You're going to want to stick around for that in segment six. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.
2: This is JP Plant with TriStar Sports Live. Start your weekdays like I do with Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today from 9 to 11 on 1017 WKOM. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton with the latest from high school and regional sports. Check them out online, sm-tnsports.com.
0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Johnson Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries and their orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Miss tennessee Bone & us The start of the second hour on Tuesday, sometimes this is filled by high school sports. Sometimes this segment is filled by all kinds of different things. Today it's filled by Braves baseball because Braves baseball consumes far too much of my time. That being said... It is the National League Division Series will start today in Houston where the Atlanta Braves will take on the Miami Marlins once again in Houston. So, yeah, there's that. There apparently is a bubble now. More
1: specifically, the Braves will host the Marlins
0: (laughs) in Houston. (laughs) Yeah, That's right. Uh, This is going to be an interesting set of dynamics here where – one, you're playing in a in a neutral site ballpark against a team who has never lost a playoff series in the history of its franchise. With no fans. And not a fan to be seen. I'm sure there will be some. The families are allowed to be there because they're allowed to be in the bubble. So, like, the picture I saw of Chelsea, Freddie, and Charlie, just too much. Charlie crushing it. Dude, Charlie has more style than any kid I've ever seen. Any person maybe I've ever seen. Charlie's got a nice stroke, too. Hey, have you s- <laughs> that kid? He can swing it. He can swing it. Yeah. And did you happen to see Dansby's picture? Mm-mm. Someone said that he looked like the cool youth pastor. And if that's not everything I've ever seen, Dansby <laughs> is the cool youth pastor. <laughs> Black leather jacket, black jeans, black boots, white t-shirt, all the curly hair. What's funny is as soon as you say it, it makes perfect oh, good it's sense. perfect sense. are you kidding me? yeah yeah, so the Atlanta Braves will throw their ace they're one, of the season their they're one a they're, yeah, they're ace of the season Max freed today, yeah, and that should be another. I mean, that's exactly what you need to see, right? I mean, you need to see Max Freed in game one against the Marlins, a team that he has been very good against this year other than his last outing. I don't think really
1: when you're looking at the Braves rotation and you're thinking, okay, who
0: are we going to start game one? I don't think it was a long conversation. No, I don't don't think so either. I'm curious, though, to see how – this particular, you know, obviously you're in a different mindset with obviously the division series. There's you've you've played a playoff game. You've thrown seven shutout innings to this point. I don't think confidence is an issue for Max Fried either. I don't think
1: it is and I I don't know that his confidence is any worse or any better than it was before. That game against Cincinnati, I I think. um, I think his full body of work this season should be enough of a confidence boost for him. But I I guess maybe to do it in the postseason, maybe elevates it. But I mean, this this guy is good. He he would be good even if Mike Soroka was available. But. I mean, he yeah, has really, if he was, he, he he really he really upped his game in Soroka's absence. I think, and he's really been the pitcher that the Braves needed out in front of their rotation over this crazy season. And I just think between what he's done this year, what he's done against the Marlins, and what the Braves have done against the Marlins. You shouldn't be able to get into professional
0: athletes' heads, but I think the Braves have to be in Miami's head. Every single, I mean, just like we talked about in the, the that last regular season series, the Marlins come out and score four runs in game one in the top of the first inning. The Braves come back and score five. In game two, the Marlins score three. The Braves come back and score four.
1: And I was just having that very conversation <laughs> with my dad over the weekend. It's like – I know Miami has never lost a postseason series. That's not something that's going to last forever. I think it ends this week. But um, I, I know I, I have my Braves sunglasses on. But still, I, I don't think that changes the fact this team is better. This team is better than it was last year, I think. pitching, Starting pitching aside, but the bullpen even more than balances that out.
0: Sure, but even the starting pitching—if you really want to think about it—without Soroka, you've still got guys who have played very well, who have pitched very well this year, including Ian Anderson, Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright. Those are your first four game starters, right there, along with Freed. And I don't necessarily know that they're going to need a fourth game, but let's you know, let's pray that they don't. That being said, the Marlins are throwing Sandy Alcantara. Who? <laughs> and this is a guy who apparently he had a 3.0 ERA this year. He struck out 39 batters, but he only pitched 42 innings. So if he's striking out, folks, this is the guy to play against the Braves. Are they
1: throwing off then? Are they throwing um, 6-0 My, in game two?
0: My guess is they're pulling that stunt that I told you and mm, at the high
3: that you yeah, guys used to do in high school. In
0: high school, where we would throw our ace in game two because if you win game one, game two's a lock. And, I don't know, and, that and you don't want to
1: match your ace up against their, their ace
0: because if I mean if you if you can win game one and you haven't thrown your ace, then you're in a very good position to win the series, no matter how long it is.
1: And if you lose game one, but you you've can got win, your ace in game two.
0: Then you feel like you've got a better chance of winning game two to even it up, and then you just you, you go on number three. And if anybody can do it, the Marlins can. They have so a great little pitching staff.
1: So what you're telling me is Don Mattingly is playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. Then is that it? Either
0: that, or he's using a a high school baseball coach from Summerton, Alabama, strategy. <laughs> One of the two. Either he's a genius, and so is
1: your your Lance
0: go? Blair. <laughs> or, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Lance Blair's a great baseball coach. <laughs> we named a field after him. But <laughs> that being said, uh, the Braves have not hit Alcantara very well in in their history. Again, this is not the same lineup. But the slash line is one seventy six batting average, two eighty two and two zero six. Um but he's not pitched against the Braves at all this year. He did give up one run pitching into the 7th against the Cubs in the playoffs in the in the last round of the playoffs. So
1: man, was the central putrid or what?
0: Uh yeah. So again, remember that stat I gave you? The only teams that every team that played the Pirates 10, ten games, times mm-hmm. made the playoffs. And everybody else they were 500 across the board. So that just goes to show sometimes playing, you know, better competition. And, of course, we had to – the Braves had to play against Washington without Strasburg. The Mets and Phillies were – the Mets and Phillies. Yeah. Which is insane to me because they should be so very good. Well, Syndergaard was out for the Mets. Even still. The – the Phillies blows my mind. How they're not better than they are, is it, it doesn't make any sense to me. You hate to see it. Oh, you hate it. It's just brutal. <laughs> Breaks my heart into tiny little pieces.
3: <laughs>
0: but nonetheless, this game is in Houston, and the I believe the World Series in, is in Houston. I wonder what kind of advantage that gives the National League. Here's the thing. We were looking at the, the field dimension just <laughs> <today>. <laughs> Yeah. There is an awfully short porch in in left field. How many home runs will Marcelo Ozuna and Ronald Acuña hit? Ozuna might hit one
1: out of Minute Maid Park. <laughs> I mean, literally out of the park, out onto the street behind it or the parking lot or whatever. I mean and as some of those as, missiles that he hits. Oh
0: yeah, as much as those as much as folks talk about the short right field in at SunTrust, Minute Maid is the same distance. So, again, that favors the Freddys, the Aussies. And this is a team that can go yard. One through nine. One through nine. And even if Max Freed was getting to hit, could go one through nine. Dude, <laughs> Pitchers <Right>. who rake. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I mean, this is a series that I, I feel like the Braves should absolutely win. No question. Yeah, I mean, and, and if they don't,
1: it's it's going to be that same feeling as as the end of last fall was. I mean, hopefully it won't be with a 10-run first inning in the decisive game, but, but it's going to be much of that same feeling. Even though last week's postseason series win over Cincinnati was the franchise's first since 2001, I still think that the feeling is You know, we've not done anything. We've not done enough. We got that statistical milestone dealt with, but in the grand scheme of things, we're back Mm, down to four game, four teams in the National League postseason, just like we would have been under normal circumstances. So, and I really feel like this team kind of has a, you know, World Series or bust type mentality to it, even with everything they've been through with the. The shortened season and with the roster and the rotation and
0: everything else. Well, Freddie says they're playing with some chips on their shoulders, and I don't know if that that's a weird place to put chips, but... <laughs> JP just put his head into his hand. He's like, I can't deal with these guys. Oh, I'm done with this.
1: <laughs> they should have chips on their shoulders. They, they should. A bunch of A them. bunch of them.
0: At, at, all the way back to 2011, they should have some chips, especially him. I mean... He's the one who's been there. He's, he's been well, there Well, he's from, the
1: one that's been there. He's the one who, whatever the reason, he's the one that underachieved against the
0: Cardinals last year. Well, we know why he did. I mean, when you're you're hurt, you're hurt. And he had a chance to, to get that dealt with during the
1: previous offseason. He should have done
0: it then. Exactly. But what I'm saying is he should have. When you're hurt and, and, and it's obviously affecting your game, take yourself out. Don't allow yourself to be the reason your team struggles offensively. Now, that being said, the top half of the lineup in general did not do much. It was the bottom half that came through in the clutch, Dansby Swanson, a couple of times. Uh, but neither here nor there. At this point, we're all healthy. Sansa a lingering sort of hurt Ronald Acuna. But yeah, I, he's kind of got that wrist thing
1: going, but I don't think it's anything that he's concerned about. He's not. And, you know, Chris Martin and the the groin situation, it didn't seem to affect him against Cincinnati. Knock on wood, it won't affect him this week. And Freed's
0: ankle was obviously fine. Yeah. So, the Braves will line up like this today. Ronald Acuna Jr. in center field because Ender Enciarte is not on the roster. Thank God. <laughs> Freddie Freeman will hit second, and he will play first base. The designated hitter today is Marcelo Zuna. I'm he's, shocked. He's batting third with Darno at catcher in the cleanup spot. Protecting him will be Ozzie Albies, who will play second base. Of course, Dansby Swanson in the sixth hole at shortstop, both in the lineup and on your scorecard. I like that. Adam Duvall will play left field. And after his eighth inning blast, his last at bat was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in right field, we'll have Nicky Doubles, Nick Marcakis. And hopefully, he will double a couple of times today. And then Austin Riley will hit ninth. Austin Riley hits ninth, folks. Yeah, uh, there's the, that's in, There we go. One I'm through nine. You, one through nine. And then, of course, Max Fried will be... The starting pitcher so really excited to see how this particular game goes because again not you're not throwing their they're not throwing their ace so mm-hmm. we'll see how it works out it's bold strategy god it's a bold strategy and it may or may not work we'll see again luke jackson does not make the roster christian Pache does make the roster Pablo Sandoval makes the roster, and we didn't even talk about this last week, but I didn't even know it was a thing until he pinch ran in the ninth inning. Charlie Culberson made the roster. A guy we DF. We, we talked
1: about this off the air all yeah. the way from point A to point B somewhere last week. I didn't even realize he was still in the organization once they (laughs) DFA'd him because I just figured surely somebody picked him up, and and I had been so busy that I had never checked. Yo, where's Charlie Culberson? Well, he's at the alternate training
0: site. Nope, he's in Houston, in the bubble. Congratulations, (laughs) Charlie. Where the Braves are hosting the Marlins. Where the Braves are hosting the Marlins. So there you go. All right, real quick, just want to give you a quick update. The Tennessee Titans, in case anyone is worried about their covid issue they have tested no new positive tests for, the second for 2 days in a, in a row that does not mean the 7 or seven players and however many staff members have tested negative it just means that nobody else has tested positive which it's is ten a positive and ten.
1: is it 10 and 10 it's 10 and 10 10 players
0: 10 support or non players and this is all coming from one player who was – but this supposedly comes from one player. Who was on the practice squad. Who was signed to a practice squad and had COVID but tested negative before coming into the program, and it just kind of spread from there. And that's what happens when you've got support staff and they're working closely with these athletes and they're taping their ankles and they're doing this, that, and the other. And the next thing you know, know, you've been in contact with this guy for four or five minutes just having a conversation – and he's test- he tested negative. He tested negative. Except nope. he didn't. Well, he did. But- well, he did, but it wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a that's a tricky situation. But we'll talk about some COVID. Talk talk about we talked about COVID and how it has affected this football season. We'll talk about the football season it affected in the spring mm-hmm. when we come back, and that and so much more when we get Bruno Reagan on the line. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back. Stick around. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership, And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit (laughs) customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton. As always, 26 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock. We are joined on the line today by Vanderbilt Legend in the trenches. A guy that Vanderbilt, Vandy Sports on Rivals dot com ranks among the top 100 players that they've covered since they started their website in 2003 so that's pretty cool and has a a little local tie here mr bruno reagan joins us on the line bruno thanks for coming on
5: yeah thanks for having me
0: so bruno um
1: i'd like to think that you coming on with us ensures that we've got at least one listener out here what's your dad up to
5: He's, uh, he's doing good. You know, he's, um, today's, yeah, he's probably out. He's probably out of the, he's probably out, out working right now okay. out in Columbia. So, okay. but I'm sure he listens to everything I do like three or four times, but he's still up to the same old, same old. We run a judo club together, uh, up here in a Clarksville where we live. So, so it's, it's been good. That's good.
1: Mac Reagan is the director of parks and rec here in Columbia. And, um, Mac, if you're listening, Hey, here you had a pretty good softball tournament this weekend out at ridley um anyway bruno one of the reasons one of the things that kind of made me think to um try to give you a call was the news that came down last week about the xfl getting set to um restart play in 2022 mm-hmm. uh, you played this past spring season with the St. Louis Battle Hawks. I know that's still a pretty good ways out, but what was your reaction to hearing that?
5: Um, I expected it to be 2022. As some people were hopeful that they could get it done by next spring, but I knew uh, i mean, the logistics of the whole thing would just be a nightmare at that point, especially with what we got going on with the virus right now. I think they're hoping for th- third quarter next year to start having a vaccine rollout, and maybe that'll help – Things like the big cities like LA, New York, where the XFL had some teams, where they had some teams located, you know, start to open up. But, um, yeah, so it was exactly what I expected. I mean, 2022, it's a pretty long time. So I'll, I'll, I'll focus on my judo and jujitsu for about you know six months but next spring summer i'll start getting back into football training i mean it's like riding a bike once you do it this long you know it doesn't take much you just have to get in a certain type of shape for it and then you're good to go so
1: that was my next question so so you are gonna um take a shot at it when they come back
5: yeah i I really have a hard time like i'd have to be doing pretty well to just turn it down out right so but I mean, a lot can change in a year. I mean, we obviously learned that this year. So,
3: <laughs> right.
5: so I, I expect to be taking a shot at it. I mean, if and if I'm not taking a shot at it, just know that I'm I'm doing pretty good. So
0: <laughs> that gotcha. judo, judo's working out, huh?
5: Yeah. Uh, so what? It, and
0: speak to a lot of the the high school athletes that we have spoken to and and that we talk to on this show daily. You know when you guys were were getting ready to play for your next game and then it turns out the XFL is is done and at that point it's you don't you didn't know that your last game was your last game and how important is it to soak in every moment of every game you play because not knowing especially right now that the next one may be your last one
5: yeah, I mean, it really uh, – it hit home for me a bit because I had a good buddy named Andrew Jelks, who I played with at Vanderbilt, and Andrew was probably the most talented lineman I've ever played with ever. You know, he would have played a long time in the NFL. I played against him in high school. He was a four-star recruit out of Henry County High School. and um, But his knees just – like, he, he just couldn't get over knee injuries. I mean, they just were totally against him. And I remember just seeing this guy who had – who basically could have, like, who could have done anything he wanted to in football, you know, and he was just like, man, like, I mean, you never know when you're going to take your last snap. even if you just never know. So I always took that. I always took it personal and I enjoyed my time in the XFL. I mean, it did suck the way it ended, but I was able to have, I mean, it was when I first stepped foot out there, we played Dallas our first game and it was just so surreal. I I did, I did take advantage of it and I soaked it all in. So it did suck to have it end, but I, I genuinely enjoyed my time while
3: I had it.
1: You know, Bruno, if you get, we're speaking with Bruno Reagan, former Vanderbilt lineman, former um, XFL lineman with the St. Louis BattleHawks, and former wrestling state champion at Clarksville High School, and Bruno, for for the high school career that you had on the mat, to think that in five years you were going to be taking the field in a professional football game—I mean, what what was that transition like for you?
5: Uh, it just kind of, it just kind of happened. I mean, that I've, uh, it's definitely been a formative experience with how my life's going to go. Cause I never thought I would be a football player. I mean, I was always dedicated to martial arts, grappling than that. I mean, you were there for most of the time you got to, you basically got to watch my whole journey from a young kid to, to my championship years. And, um, and just football just so happened to be the thing that was going to get me an education. I mean, who knows what I would have done without – I might have been able to wrestle somewhere, but college wrestling is a pretty tough thing to do, especially for a heavyweight. And I don't know if my heart would have been all into it. <laughs> so <laughs> football uh, football just gave me that opportunity, and lo and behold, I end up – I remember when I first got to Vanderbilt, I knew I wasn't near the level I needed to be. I mean, I was basically taken as like a, as like a project guy. So like my first year, my redshirt year, I was like, you know, if I could start like one or two years in the SEC, that'd be crazy. And then lo and behold, I start all four years of my eligibility, and then I get to, and then I get to dress up in some NFL uniforms and go out there and practice and compete for a spot. Doesn't work out, but I end up getting paid to play football. You know, it's it's pretty crazy. And then just as crazy as it comes up, you know, it crashes just as crazy. So I I guess to go through this kind of adversity early in your life is definitely a good thing to, it's, it's a good thing because after at this point, you know, you'll be ready for anything.
0: Bruno, you say, you know, you're, you'll be ready for anything and that, that's that type. But now with your judo and the wrestling background, obviously this is a, an up and coming, I guess, sport, is that something that you're seeing that you're seeing some some younger kids get involved with with that type of, I guess the the different sports outside of the regular football basketball baseball is that something that you're seeing?
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, definitely. I, I I don't think grappling will ever make it. I don't think any grappling or martial arts will ever make it to the football, basketball level. I mean we've slowly seen baseball decline, but basketball and football I think are here to stay, at least for at least for our generational lifetimes by far. But there is an increase in grappling. I mean grappling all over the world is extremely popular. Like, in the Western European countries, heck, even Eastern European, Asian, like, judo is a way of life out there, and it's, it's a highly practiced sport, one of the most practiced. Like, for example, like, wrestling has about 57 countries that compete in the Olympics. Judo has 107. Like, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough to explain to an American how popular these things are outside of America, but there is a demand for it, and especially since I have such a background in it, you know, if you're going to learn it from anybody – might as well learn it from me. And I, tr- I always try to make it fun for my students, you know. It's something like I'm not gonna kill them. I'm gonna let them have fun. I want them to enjoy things like judo and wrestling. Sure. And then when it gets to the high school time when you know it's time for you to, it's time for your formative years and you're leading up to your adult life, that's where you can start pushing the pace on you, you know. But I do things a little subtly with my with my students and uh, I mean it's growing at a pretty crazy rate for a judo club like we're already the number one judo club in tennessee so there is a demand for martial arts i think coming up
0: and how important is that to football i know that it wrestling especially but just the the type of exercise that it is has to be important and help you formulate your football style
5: yeah it gives you a good foundation it's It's not like you can just be an amazing wrestler or an amazing grappler and go out and be an amazing football player. like that's not how it'll work, but it'll give you the tools you need to maybe take those steps faster or give you the foundation that you can build on because there are some football players who just play football their whole lives, and I mean, I don't know, it's just they they never develop any skill any skills that you could say like like they have great balance or they might be strong, but they're not like flexible or they're not quick off their feet like they're just good they're just good solid football players and when when eventually you want to try and get to an sec a college or nfl level they're going to look at every little detail every little thing you you can you can offer so for me wrestling like i wasn't able to go to vanderbilt and just be just be a starter right off the bat but i was able to apply what i learned in my younger years judo and wrestling and really hit the ground running when it came to training for football.
1: And what's funny, Bruno, is the number of people that, even as many stories as there are out there like yours, regarding multi-sport athletes, the number of folks that advocate for, you know, concentrating on one sport. Mm -hmm. And I, I would imagine it has to be a little frustrating for for guys like you, you know, for guys like Sonny Gray, you know, people like that who have played multiple sports at a high level to hear folks say you really need to, to concentrate on one sport.
5: Yeah. So I actually ran into this and to give people an example of someone who does think like this, who I respect, well, Charles Bentley was a center for the Saints. I, you know, one of the best centers to play. He was a short guy, but he was extremely powerful and stuff. And he, one day I was scrolling through Twitter. I was back in college and he was just like, someone asked him like, Hey, you know, like wrestling is good for like linemen. Right. And he was like, no, not really. Like, that's not my experience. And I mean, I get, and I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, I like my kids are going to be multi-sport athletes. Most call it, most people recognize that it's not, it's not mainly the skills you get from these multi-sports that. you bring in, it's the mentality of the things, right? You're adaptable, you know, obviously you're passionate, things like that. And I've seen plenty of people do one thing their whole life and then just get burnt out. I mean, it happened to me with Judo for a little bit. Like, I was doing Judo all my life and then, you know, I started to get a taste of wrestling and football and then all of a sudden judo you, know, you know had to draw draw it back a bit like and that was the perfect thing to do to expand myself as an athlete in my opinion and it's not like i can't go back and do judo i'm doing that right now i'm gonna go compete at a jiu-jitsu tournament in orlando on wednesday you know it's not like you have to focus on one or you'll just get bad at the other i i acquainted it earlier to riding a bike for football like i am going to do my judo thing for the next few half year, maybe a year, and when football comes back, I'll, I guarantee you I'll be able to step on that field and compete and be one of the best again, so that's just the way I see it, but everyone does have different experiences, to me it is frustrating whenever somebody says that, I believe if a coach ever tells you Need to focus on my sport, it's just a selfish thing from the coach, either from a standpoint of maybe he wants to make money off you, or maybe he just wants to credit his, all of your success to him, because he knows you're talented, but that's that's the way I see it.
0: I think you ha- I think you're right. I, I think multi sport athletes tend to have better careers in longer careers, especially because, again, like you said, with with some athletes, if you're just doing one thing, your your knees or your your elbow or your shoulder, whatever it may be, can't take it. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as continuing your football career, how cool is it to know that? The XFL is now part of the Rocks repertoire.
5: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I did not see that acquisition <laughs> coming. I was <laughs> assuming it was going to be like Disney or Fox, and I, it was weird. I woke up that day and just saw the news. I was like, "Man, what the heck?" It was like the <laughs> perfect thing to cap off. Like, however this, however the year has been going for me at least. <laughs> but uh, so. And I mean, it's a good brand to have. Like the Rock's probably the most famous actor in the world, so it's not a it's not a bad brand. It's not like we were desperate for eyes either, so it can only help. I think what they're going to do is they're just going to follow the blueprint of what we were doing before because it was working, and then just try and throw a little extra here and there, like maybe on the social media wise. But but yeah, it looks I I'm pretty confident in the way they're gonna they're gonna run it. It seems pretty good right now.
0: Obviously, we didn't know what we know now back then but do you ever think what if we hadn't shut football down and done sort of the some of the things that these pro sports have done to combat the coronavirus how different sports could have been and whether or not they could have come back faster or whether or not you guys had more eyes on you that sort of thing is there ever a what, a what if
5: uh, yeah, there is. And I try not to think about it, because I've always had this little mindset, you know, focus on where your feet are. That's something Coach Mason would always drill into our heads, Coach Mason and Vanderbilt. You know, be where your feet are, be where your feet are. But I can't help but reflect sometimes and be like, ah, oh, you know, where where could we have been, you know? I, like, I seriously might have had a shot at the NFL if I just had a few more games, or if, because of the virus, you know, we weren't able to fly out for, like, three months, basically, until, like, the week out of, out of training camp, so... There is that what-if, but nothing I can do about it. So I just move on and try to try to do the best I can where I'm at now.
1: You know, at the same time, Bruno, what's it like to see some of the other guys that have come out of the XFL that are on NFL rosters now? I think um, your quarterback, Jordan Tamu, um, was with the Chiefs. I think he um, tested positive this past mm-hmm. week. But But to see some guys come out of that league – and make it onto NFL rosters. Is that something that kind of pushes you to some degree?
5: Yeah. it's. I mean, well, those guys, most of those guys, you know, I identify with their journeys, so I'm definitely happy for them. I don't look at, I, like, I don't look at Storm Norton or Donald, who's out of charge right now at tight end. I don't look at those guys and think, like, you know, all oh, of that should have been me. Like, we all, the NFL is such a volatile Business and landscape. That if you can go out and make it like Jordan did with the Chiefs, and more power to you, man. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, I gave it my all and I had my shot, and that's what the XFL is all about. It's about giving it a shot. And you know, I think there's probably like seven, eight guys from the XFL actually like contributing. So it, out of a league of you know a few hundred people, like eight ended up making it, and it might have not even been the best eight. It's just the eight who ended up making it. That's that's how that's how it goes. So I'm I'm happy for those guys. Identify with their journeys. Who knows? Maybe two three years, I might get a shot again. I'm still extremely young, but um, it does also push me too. Like I see those guys, I'm like, no way, that can't be me. That that does that definitely push me.
0: Yeah, it definitely gives you a thought that some people were obviously missed. And once you get some professional – I mean, you guys were being coached by NFL coaches and NFL trainers and scouts and that sort of thing. So once you get a little pro coaching, it makes a big difference, right?
5: Yeah. I mean, well, that's one of – like football is just like any other business, honestly. It, it's a who-you-know thing. If you're a, If you're more of an undrafted guy – you know, that stuff does actually matter. Now, if you're a second or first round draft pick, everyone identifies your talent. You're going to get sure. opportunities everywhere. But for a guy like me, like my GM for the St. Louis Battlehawks, he applied for a few GM spots on NFL teams and had interviews. And this guy ended up really liking the way I worked. So somehow, if someday he gets an NFL job, you know, that could be he could be like, hey, Bruno, I've literally seen the way you worked over a year's time like I'm bringing you in that, that, I sure. mean, that's the way that, that's the way that things, that doors open, just like any other career path. So, so that's, that's sort of the way that it can go, but definitely, it was definitely just, uh, it was a lot like my experience at Vanderbilt, you know, when you're at the SEC, it's basically like a pro level. So it wasn't that hard to transition to what we were doing at St. Louis.
0: Absolutely. Well, Bruno, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate everything that you, uh, you have done in the middle Tennessee area, especially at Vanderbilt and you're working with the youth and of course your dad and what he mm-hmm. does here in Columbia to help our youth. So thanks for joining us here on Southern middle Tennessee sports. Day. we really appreciate it.
5: Thank you guys for having me. It was hey, a good thanks, time. Bruno. Thank you. All right.
0: When we come back, we're going to talk about the top five fast food restaurants in the world or at least in our repertoire, the places that we have been and seen. Also, we'll update you on where Claudette Runks sits in the state golf tournament when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. back in once again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Joined by Mari Spadden. I'm Chris Yao. J.P. Plant on the controls. It is 11 minutes to the top of the hour. Right. Tuesday morning, a beautiful Tuesday outside here in cool, Columbia, Tennessee. Man, much nicer than yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. But... The cool air is 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 just about here for to stay, and I, I'm loving it. I know some folkses they they'll disagree, but I love the cool air.
1: Me being one of them. <laughs> yeah, we know. I, I'm not. A, I, I don't like being cold. I don't mind cool. I don't like cold. And you know, if it's early in the morning and I know it's going to warm up as the day goes, then that's that's nice. I don't like being
0: cold. I understand. I don't like being cold, but you know my theory. Yeah. I do, that I do being know your said, theory. I, you know, I, I like fall weather because mm-hmm. I like to wear my sweatshirt. I like to wear my long pants, and uh, you know, it's just it's just different. It's just different. I,
1: I, I like the transitional seasons for the. I, sure. I'm a sweater vest guy.
0: Oh, I love sweater vests. Yeah. So I used to wear those. All the time, and they look really nice under a nice sports coat. And you got the oh, it's just really.
1: Well, I don't do the sports coat, but I usually do a polo and a and a sweater vest. Hey, gotta love that. Yeah. So.
0: A quick, guess I got to get one with a logo on it though. We need to get sweater vests with. Oh man, we're gonna be, we're gonna be styling and profiling. It's all about the branding.
2: All I see right now is uh, the scene in old school when they come yes. and start the, um, the competition. For their fraternity That's right. to stay on campus, they're all in matching sweater vests. All have sweater vests mm-hmm.
1: Did you see it? Um, it was the Sunday it night was on movie CBS. on CBS. Yeah. I didn't watch it for a couple either. of reasons. One, that...
2: That's not a cable movie.
1: Uh, no. It's not a network movie, Yeah, network sure. movie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, no. <laughs> I wasn't going to waste my... Uh, You're my yeah. boy, Blue.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching Pulp Fiction on network. It doesn't It doesn't work. <laughs> it, doesn't <really> work. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. No. <laughs> yeah. What's
1: left?
0: It's, it's funny... Because I always pull out my Pulp Fiction reference when I'm DJing weddings because of the twist competition. I always play oh, the yeah. twist. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I mm-hmm. need to see your best Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. John Travolta impression. Yep. And then into Saturday Night Fever, just, you know, kick Uma out and let's see your John Travolta impression staying alive. I'm just saying. Now, uh, a quick update for Claudette Runk. She is in the state, large school state girls' Golf tournament right now. She did not fare so well out of the box as she triple bogeyed hole ten. She shot a seven on a par four. That's what triple bogey means if you <laughs> if you are unaware of golf terminology. Um, but she rebounded quite nicely. Quite on par three number eleven she birdied, bringing her score to plus two, and then she parred par five, number 12. So she sits at plus two right now after three, and that puts her four strokes off the lead, which is currently held by Nalia Adkins and Isabella Adkins, both of Tennessee High School. In Bristol. In Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Does, do they also have a Virginia high school? They do. I figured. <laughs> that that makes so much sense now cuz I was like Tennessee they they're all from Tennessee. <laughs> Everyone's here from Tennessee. It's a state championship golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where my, my ignorance of Tennessee high school sports comes in because I don't know anybody outside of our immediate area just about.
1: That's okay.
2: Just take I'll, a look at your uh, logo. Just take a look at your right. logo. That's right. Yeah.
0: That's why we're not middle Tennessee and we're definitely not northeast Tennessee <laughs> sports today. I'm here for you. Uh Anna Claire Bridge is also uh, two under through three. Where is she from? She is from Collierville. It's in Memphis. Well, outside of Memphis. Lynn Lim doubled on four and then birdied five. So she's one under after eagling. Ten. Or one. one. Oh, she went off one. She went off one. So um, local is Ravenwood's Shelly Jang is Mm -hmm. even through five. Tullahoma's Mallory Tevrick. Tevrick Tev, R-U-C-H-T, Tevricht. Sounds right. And A- Ava Catherine Banks, they're both also fifth. Lawrence County's Lily Thompson is tied for fifth. Let's see. Uh, some other locals. Portia Brooke Brummett out of Brentwood is 13th. I think she goes over. by Brooke officially that makes sense yeah but anyway so she's sitting at 31st right now claudette ronk is let's get to the top five it is today's top five is brought to you by jj's barbecue founded in 1998 it is columbia's oldest family-owned barbecue restaurant visit them on the web at jjsbarbecue.com that's barbecue with a c spelled out barbecue c-e-c-u-e all right first what's your hottest food take your hottest fast food take. Anything that's going to just sh- make the listeners angry.
2: Hottest fast food take see you through a curveball. I wasn't it's okay. I got this one. Give us one.
0: Here's my absolute hottest fast food take. I will buy a cheeseburger at Taco Bell before I buy another In-N-Out burger.
2: <coughs> oh, wow. Okay. Trash can juice. Mm. Yep. In-N-Out trash not, can not juice. Not buying into the hype.
0: Oh, I've, I've had one. I'll never have another one. Anyway, let's go. Number five, Mo. what you got?
1: You know, I have to premise this by saying that I don't do a whole lot of fast food. I'd have had a list of 20 10 years ago. Right. Trying to do better.
0: Anyway. I hear you. Checkers would be my number five. Ooh, checkers and rallies? Great fries. Yeah. All
2: right, real quickly, I've got an honorable mention. It is the In-N-Out Burger. It's nostalgic because you can't get it in the subcategory, Biscuits, three. Hardee's, Jack's, and in North Carolina, Biscuitville. Mmm, Biscuitville. Biscuitville. But my number five, Popeye's for the chicken sandwich alone. That puts it in the top five. That one thing puts Popeyes, it in the top five.
0: The Popeye's chicken sandwich, right after yep. they came out with it, I saw some folks on Twitter, and I got in right before the big hype, Yep. and it was the best chicken sandwich I've ever had.
2: It's. Yeah. But they
0: don't have cheese. You don't need cheese, cheese on, on this. chicken sandwich.
2: I know I get cheese on chicken sandwich, I don't need it on this.
0: Anyway. Alright. Speaking of chicken, I'm gonna go with KFC. Wow. But here's why. It's not that I love their drive thru. By the way, you have to have a drive thru to be in this com- this conversation. But I like their lunchtime buffet. Their lunchtime buffet is all you can eat and it's delicious. Anyway. Number four. Number four, we don't have it locally. We're hoping to get it locally. What a burger. Yeah. I got to, I, Clayton said it's on the list for sure for him.
2: Yep. Number four for me is Chick Fil A.
3: Chick Fil A, hey, it's good. you
2: know it's you, you got to put one you you uh, frequent often and uh, Chick Fil A is right underneath Popeyes. But I do like Popeyes chicken sandwich better.
0: I could not have a list without having Jack's Hamburgers on there. You can't get it anywhere outside of Lawrenceburg, north of Lawrenceburg, but you can get it in Alabama just about anywhere. So Jack's Hamburgers for me. Number three, my number three is Whataburger because they have so many great. Options for their hamburgers. So, my number three, and again, thanks to um, Coach
1: Dickinson for bringing us sausage biscuits this morning. Hardee's,
2: Hardee's is good, and biscuits are my favorite. Um, but I had to put them separately because uh, my number three fast food is uh, is Arby's.
0: So my number three, uh, I'm sorry, my number two is Hardee's, and here's why: Hardee's has the best fast food hamburger out there. Period. Best fast food hamburger for me is Hardee's, and it's not close. Put on that. Put on top of that, wow. their gravy and biscuit.
2: That sounded like a, that should have been your hot take.
0: So, best best hamburger out there, Hardee's plus their gravy and biscuit. That's my number two. What you got? My number two is Zaxby's. Zax, that's a good one. It's a good one. Zaxby's Some good. folks don't like it.
2: My number two, the Whataburger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grew up. My dad's from Florida, so every year we go down to Florida, and every time. At least once, sometimes twice on the trip, we'd have to get a water Absolutely, nostalgic.
0: All right, number one for me, it's not even close, and it's because you can get anything in the world for five bucks. Cookout, not bad. Cookout. I've got Chick Fil A number one. Wow, that's a great. That's a great number one. It, it's a solid one.
2: S- customer service probably the best in fast food too. No, no question. question. All right, I think that. my number one, Culvers. Ooh. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Got some great uh-huh. custard. Butter burgers.
0: And the butter burgers from culvers and are fantastic. The, uh, the cheese
2: curds. The cheese curds. The and o-rings. Then the frozen um the custard. 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 Their onion rings
0: are po- on point for no, real. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. Cookout. Culvers. Chick-fil-a. Chick-fil-A. We'll have a poll on Twitter. What is the best one of those three? Uh, three? <laughs> or other. Your choice. Let us know. At SM underscore TN Sports. And of course, sm-tnsports.com. Check us out there. We'll be back tomorrow. Got all kinds of great stuff. We would love to have you, including Charlie Lansdale,
1: football coach at Columbia uh, Columbia Academy, as they come back out of COVID pause.
0: All right, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. See you tomorrow.